tonight to Romans chapter number 7. R- Romans chapter number 7. And then, um, and Mark, we good back there? You got the recording and you got everything? Mark is good. Thank you, Mark. That's, uh, gr- I'm grateful for you and just stepping in and filling in the gap like that. Last week, we started looking at this, the, well, we looked at a few verses before this, and Paul was basically giving his personal testimony, his relationship with the law. And man, these verses tonight, I love. The, always since I was a kid, my favorite book of the Bible has always been the book of John. I love the book of John. Old Testament Nehemiah is my favorite Old Testament book. But man, as I study the book of Romans, Romans is very quickly becoming one of my favorites. And it's so neat to see, and just as I was studying this week and over the past few weeks, you just look at, and there's no way a man could have just pinned these words without God stepping in and doing something. And God breathed, right? God moved. And And as I'm reading these, I'm like, it's, it's totally coming together. From where the book began to we're justified by faith, and then Paul's like, we're justified by faith, but man, I still struggle in this flesh that I have. My flesh, I'm dead to sin, and I'm alive to Christ, but the, I struggle with my flesh. That's what Paul says. Which totally leads him beautifully to chapter number 8, the Spirit-filled life, and our needing of the Holy Spirit in our lives just works so well together. But as we look here tonight, you're going to see several things as we look at these verses. And maybe you're a better Christian than me. But man, a lot of these things that Paul talks about, it's like, wow, that sounds like me and my daily struggles in my life. Romans 7, look with me down at verse number 14. The Bible says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do... I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now let's be honest. How many of you are like, that sounds like me. That sounds like me right there. There are many things that I don't want to do. Yet for some reason I end up doing those things. Man. Let's keep on reading. It says, Now if I would do what I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
So then, when the so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now we're not going here this week, but verse number chapter eight, verse number one. You know, chapters were added later on. These are one continual thought after another. There is therefore now chapter eight, verse number one. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And we aren't going to jump ahead of ourselves. But man, tonight we're going to look at this fact. Paul says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. It's the opposite. And Paul's explained to us the battle that we face each and every day between this flesh and really the spirit. And then chapter 8, we are going to have a great time in chapter number 8. Can't wait for chapter number 8. The Bible's so rich and so full of things. But tonight I want to look at this and share more of Paul's personal testimony. Throughout all the Bible, there are many passages that I could look at and I could identify with. But I really think if there's one passage of Scripture that I identify the most with in Scripture, it would be Paul's words right here. It tells the truth about how we as believers live our lives. Some commentators and some different commentators have different thoughts, and they describe the life here of a carnal Christian. That is, he's telling us how saved people who feel to use to the Spirit of God live their lives. But I don't believe that that's what's happening here. Because Paul's literally saying, this is what happens in my life. What I want to do, that I don't do. What I don't want to do, I end up doing. And oh, wretched man that I am, I think he perfectly describes the Christian life for us. This is what I would say in this passage. I would not say that this is describing a carnal Christian I would say that this is a portrait of a maturing Christian, someone growing in the Lord. It's the, way li- it's the way life is for the child of God. Paul just lays it out there. He doesn't hold anything back and just tells us the way it is here. Now, as we look here tonight, I think many of us could identify with everything that Paul's trying to say. So we're going to spend a few minutes tonight looking at Paul's spiritual testimony, part two. Father, bless the next few minutes that we have together. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for this passage of Scripture. Pray that you'd help us apply this to our lives and our hearts. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Number one, and going back to last week, remember how Paul talked about the law, but number one, we see that Paul states the facts. That's literally what he does here in these verses. Verse number 14, he just lays it right out. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. What are the facts that Paul talks about? Letter A, we see the law is spiritual. Paul had just stated in the previous verse that there's a problem between him and the law of God. Look at verse number 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. And what Paul is saying is, the problem's not the law. Let's get something straight tonight. The law of God's law is not the problem. 
We are the problem. Paul says, I'm the problem, not the law of God. God. The law of God's not the problem. And it reminds us that the law of God, it's spiritual in nature. The law of God, you've got to think about this. We look at the law of God and we understand something. We can never on our own keep all the law of God. We transgress God's law. But that doesn't mean that God's law is not a good thing. God's law is good. It's spiritual is what it says right here. And the law is a good thing, and it lays out how to live a proper good life. So the law in itself is not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing to try and follow the law. You'll never be able to. But the law is a great standard to look at in a lot of areas. But you've got to understand something. Paul's saying here, I'm the problem, not the law. The problem doesn't lie with the law, it lies with man, and that's which leads to the second fact, letter B, that the flesh is sinful. The flesh is sinful. Paul says, but I am carnal. The word carnal there means fleshly. While the law would teach man how to live godly, man's flesh is only interested in doing sinful things. That's what Paul's saying right here. What Paul is saying here is that, yes, he's been freed by Jesus Christ. He's dead to sin, but there's a part of him that still loves to sin. Isn't that true? That's true. There are some people out there that believe, and I've heard them, the sinless perfection. Once you're saved, you'll never sin again. That's so false. Because as long as I've got this flesh, I'm going to sin. This flesh likes to sin. And you say, well, when I'm saved, I, sin's been defeated. It has been. But you've got to understand something. As long as we have this corruption on, we're going to commit corruption. We've got to put on incorruption. Thank God that when he sees us, he doesn't see us in our sin. He sees us in the righteousness of Christ. Flesh tonight is sinful. I think we all would agree with that. As we look at that and think about it, our old nature sins. Does the new man sin? No. The old man sins. They're together in this robe of flesh that we wear. That's hard for some people to comprehend. But as long as you live, you're going to battle the flesh. And you always will. And as we look at this, we'll dive a little deeper in here tonight. And what Paul is saying, Paul even says here, he states, we're sold under sin. It always has been, and the flesh will always be a slave of sin. The flesh is wicked. Don't get that in your mind. Understand that. The flesh is bad. The spirit is good. Sin is so, think about this. Sin has wrecked anything it comes in contact with. And sin has ruined the flesh. But when you look at those things, and you think about this, thank God for the new man that he puts in us. That we're a new creature in Christ, created unto good works. Because our flesh wants the opposite of those things. And so Paul starts out tonight in this passage by just laying out the facts. The law is spiritual, and he's carnal. We're all carnal. We're fleshly. Number two, Paul states his own failures for us. 
you don't see many people giving their own testimony, sharing stuff like that, right? Normally someone will get up and give their testimony. The Lord delivered me from this, and the Lord's doing It's always those things. And Paul says, here, let me tell you about myself. Look there at verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. How then is it no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me? For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil that I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. We see number two here that Paul states his own failures. The first thing that we see, letter A, is we see the contest, the struggle that goes on inside of Paul. Paul describes here the struggle that lies in every believer in these verses. If you look at verse number 15, it says, For that which I do, I allow not. The word allow in verse 15 means to know. What Paul is saying here is that he doesn't even know why he does what he does. Ever been there? Why did you do that? I don't know. That's my kid's famous line. Like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? I don't know. That's literally kind of what Paul's saying right here. I don't know why I do those things. Paul says here, and as we look at this, he wants to live right. I don't believe that there is a Christian out there that doesn't want to live right. Let's be honest tonight. If you're a child of God, how many of you want to live right? You desire to live right. I think everybody would agree with that statement right there. Paul says that here. He says he wants to do the right things. He wants to think the right things. But before he knows it and whatever happens, he's sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he's like, how did that happen? That's not what I meant to do. That's the Christian life. That's what happens. We think about Galatians 5, verse 17. Look, the Bible tells us, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are the contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. That's the battle that takes place. When the law says, that's bad, do you know what the flesh says? That's good. That's what you want to do. When the Spirit says, no, Brian, don't do that, the flesh says, Brian, you could enjoy yourself by doing that. That's the battle that literally goes on all the time in the life of a believer. And so we see the contest. We see letter B, and we'll get deeper into this. We see the contestants. What are the contestants? Verse 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. But how to perform that which is good, I find not for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Paul tells us, basically, there are two Pauls in him. You know, a poor example of it, but it works. 
You know, my kids, they like Tom and Jerry, watching Tom and Jerry. Anybody ever like Tom and Jerry? Yeah, those are good classic cartoons. I think that's a great cartoon right there. And, you know, every once in a while, Tom would have a good Tom on one shoulder and a bad Tom on the other shoulder. And the good Tom's telling him good things, and the bad Tom is telling him bad things. That literally is not too far different from how it is for all of us. Paul basically says, you know, one side of Paul wants to do what's right. The other side wants to do what's wrong, and this is the problem. They share one body, and so they're always at odds with one another. They can never, they're always fighting. The spirit and the flesh are always fighting. And he finds that he's hindered when it comes time to do the right thing, and he's helped when it comes time to do the wrong thing. Doesn't that resonate within us tonight? There's a part of us that wants to please God in everything that we do. But then there's part of us that fights us at every turn when we try to do what's right. And that's what Paul's talking about right here. It's very frustrating sometimes. You ever get frustrated at yourself and the things that you do? I get frustrated with myself often in the things that I do. Because I know what I should do. And then I'll look back and be like, why didn't I do what I was supposed to do? I'll tell you why. This flesh. And as we look at this and we think about the contest, we think about the contestants, this is what we've got to realize, the conclusion of it. Let her see. Verse 17 and verse 20. Paul tells us that the problem in life, why we do what we should not do, is because of our old sin nature. In verse 17 and verse number 20, we see those things there. But sin that dwelleth in me. Do you see that in verse number 20? Verse 17, but sin that dwelleth in me. We see that in both of those spots right there. The good news is that it isn't, you've got to understand something. Saved people struggle with sin. It doesn't mean you're a bad Christian because you struggle with sin. All Christians struggle with sin because of this flesh, because of sin that dwells inside of us. May I just help you out, though? Paul isn't saying, oh, well, you know what? Sin dwells in me, so I can't help myself. I'm just going to wave the white flag and surrender. I'm going to sin today. I'm going to do what I shouldn't do. That's not what Paul is saying right here. And you've got to understand something. And some people, that is their attitude. Oh, well, I'm going to mess up anyway, so what does it matter? Many people grow weary in their struggle and give in to the will of the flesh. But you've got to understand something. There will never be victory when that happens. And Paul's statement here is not saying, Oh, well, I'm, I resonate to the fact that I'm, always gonna, I'm just always going to sin because sin dwells in me. No, he's saying, hey, there's a new man that lives in me also. And that old man does not have to win all the battles. The new man that the Lord's given me at the moment of salvation is above that old man in his lifestyle. The new man loves God. The new man wants to do what's right. The new man will fight till the day that that corruption gets taken off. What a blessing that is to realize that. 
But Paul states the facts to us. He states his failures, his struggles. And number three, he states his findings. This is what takes place in me, Paul says. This is where I struggle. And this is what he comes up with, his conclusion of it, his findings. Verse 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. We see letter A, we see in his findings, we see a companion. Paul's discovery there in verse 21 is that every time he tries to do good, evil is always there. Every good word, every good deed, every good thought, every good motive, every good thing is challenged by evil in his life. If we are able, and you think about this, if we're able to any good, do any good thing, it will always be a result of a battle that takes place. Because evil's always there. And isn't it true that when you would do good, the temptation for evil is there? It's difficult to control always the thoughts that we might have. But you've got to understand something. This world has no control over sinning. A lost person tonight will sin. They have no choice because they are the servant of sin. They are dead in their trespasses and sins. A unsaved person will continue sinning. But you've got to understand something tonight. You that are children of God, God put within you a new man. And that new man can make right decisions. That's a blessing to know. And as Paul says these things here for us, you've got to understand that as we go through this life, and yes, we've got the Spirit living in us, the new man, there's a companion that doesn't leave us through this life. And that companion loves evil things. It's our flesh. And Paul says, I've come to realize something. For everything that's good, there's always an option with something bad. The flesh is always around. And in this life, it always will be around. So we see his first finding is a companion, letter B. We see a confession that he makes. Verse 22, he says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. We see this confession here, and Paul lets us in on a little secret in his life. He loves the law. Whatever God says in his word, the new Paul delights in the things of God. And isn't this true for every believer? How many of you say you love God? How many of you would say that tonight? How many of you would say you love the things of God? I think. How many of you would say you love this book? I think we would all say those things, right? And I would, I would really wonder if you're really saved if you didn't say you love the Word of God, right? And that you didn't love God. And that's basically what Paul's saying here. But if uh, you think about this, and as we look at these things... When the Lord, and as we look at it, if you're saved by the grace of God, you love His Word. When the Lord reveals His will to you, you want to delight in it. You want to do what God wants you to do with all your heart. That's a good sign. 
If a person hears the word of God and hates the thoughts of doing what God says, I don't know if that person is truly saved. But you've got to understand something. When the word of God's our delight and the, our standard for living, that's a sign that we're dealing with a saved individual. And I think that almost everyone in this room would agree with those things. You delight in God's book, and you want to... How many of you would just say, I want to live my life in a way that pleases God? I think everybody would agree with that statement. Then why don't we? We've talked about that enough. We'll talk more about that. This flesh that I live in does not like God's word. As the new man delights in the things of God... The flesh hates it. The flesh wants nothing to do with God and His Word. It's the flesh. And we see letter C, Paul talks about a captivity that takes place. Verse 23, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And Paul says, I delight in the law of God. But although Paul's heart is set on doing the will of God, there's there's another part of him that fights every chance it gets. Think about these words that were penned in Matthew 26, 41. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That describes what we're talking about right here. And this is a situation that we can all identify with. Because the inner man wants God. The flesh wants this world. And as we look at those things and as we understand these things, that's the battle that takes place. That's the battle that's in all of us. That's why the Bible talks about that we aren't to love this world. Because the love of the Father is not in him who loves this world, right? Isn't that what the scripture tells us? Because the flesh loves this world. The Spirit of God, the Spirit that lives in the new man, loves God. You can't have it both ways. And that's one of the problems we have in Christianity today. We have Christians that try to live right here in the middle. They try to please the flesh and please God at the same time. You cannot serve two masters. You're going to either love the one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It doesn't work that way. But that's the battle that we face. And you cannot make both happy. I know in life, in life I like to make people happy. How many of you, if I could just make everyone happy, I would. I don't like making people upset. But it doesn't always happen that way. But in the Christian life, you can't make the flesh and God happy at the same time. It, that's not how it works. And as we look at this, and as we study this out, Paul's problem is that the flesh is trying to keep him in bondage because the flesh is in bondage to sin. And that's something you got to understand in the Christian life and make sure you get it. You will sin after being saved because your flesh is in bondage to sin. Your spirit or the new man is freed, but the flesh is still in bondage. And so as we look at these things and as we bring them together and tie them together, that's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25 through 27. He tells us, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. 
Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, and, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And when you think about those verses right there, th- I'll give you an example. As a high school student, playing football, playing basketball, I could not jog more than about a quarter of a mile without stopping ever in my life. I can jog slash run five miles straight now that I could never do before. But I'll tell you something that happens. Every time I, and this today, it's Sunday, so I rest a little bit. I only only ran three miles today. Every time I start going, this brain up here says, Brian, your legs hurt. You don't want to do this. You want to stop. You get about a quarter mile in. Don't you feel tired, Brian? There is a mental battle that takes place with me every day I exercise. Because Brian doesn't like to. Brian wants to sit at home on the couch and drink a Dr. Pepper watching a sports game. That's what Brian wants to do. But it's a mental aspect of it. And I figured out after a while, once I get to about one mile every time I run, I can keep on going. But I have to get to that point because my body doesn't like to do it. And it's a great similarity to the fact my body and my flesh does not like doing the things of God. That's why, and sometimes we talk about, and I'm not going to go deep into this tonight, and this isn't in my notes, it's something separate, but there's times in life where fasting is a great thing to do. Fasting, and some people get, and you've got to understand, prayer and fasting, I think sometimes people get it backwards. Fasting is not so that you can get things from God. I think some people, that's why they do it. If I, I need God to step in here, so I'm going to fast, so God will do this. I think it's more about drawing the attention off of yourself and casting self down so that the Lord can work more in us. That's what it's about. And that's and as we look at these verses here, and as we look at them, Paul says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. And that's powerful. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 12 and 13, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I would not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication before the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And while we're saved by grace, and that salvation is forever, we must continue to fight every moment of our lives, and it's a battle that never ends until we finally pass off the scene on this earth. The battle will always be in. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Let's see, who's the oldest person in here tonight? Uh, Carl or Gary? I think Gary's got us tonight. Gary, do you, is, it, is it just as easy to sin now as it was before? Yeah? I think we could say all throughout life it's just as easy to sin doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. 
it's a battle you'll, you'll never achieve perfection in this life it will never get any you'll it'll always be a battle and something that we always struggle with and we see that here and paul as we look here tonight i want to get to the last point here and we'll be done and you kids in the room tonight are doing an excellent job you've done an excellent job tonight. i'm proud of each of you and i know kids club is way more fun than this but i think it's a great thing when kids can sit and that's why on wednesday nights we have the kids in here because this is what happens you give the kids only and I, I am a firm believer that kids need to have more games, more fun things, too, because you need to reach them where they're at, and there are good things to that. But I also believe that when, as you get a little bit older, you got to get to the point in life where you don't need to be entertained all the time and where you can sit and be a part of something. And, if, and this is not even part of my notes. I know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be getting off on things. But you look at Daniel and his friends in the book of Daniel chapter number 1. They were able to sit in the king's palace. And in doing that, they were able to act properly during that time. And that's something that we as parents, and you watching online, those that are here, we got to instill in children to be able to act properly wherever they're at. And that includes being able to sit in church because someday this is what you're going to do. You don't have to have a bouncy ball on the screen to keep your attention. You don't have to have a video game in your hand. And there are times for all those things, and I'm not against those things, but there's also got to be a time where you can sit and hear the Word of God, and you've all done a great job tonight. So let's get to our last point, so I don't probably I'm ruining it by saying that. The flesh is going to start coming out now. No. And number four, Paul states his faith. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, and with the flesh the law of sin. Paul states his faith, letter A, we see Paul's problem. Paul expresses there in verse 24 his desire to be free from his decaying fleshly nature. I think he gets frustrated with it. And defeated at times by his inability to overcome sin, just like all of us do. I think that's all of our desire. And Paul calls himself a wretched man. Think about this. This is the great apostle Paul. He calls himself a wretched man. We look at this, and I believe that the more the more mature a christian becomes the more they truly see who they truly are and i think that's what paul i'm a wretched man a wretched man that i am and you know the older you get the less you realize how much you know of everything i think the same thing goes with the older you get you realize wow the fact that God would use a wicked, wretched man like me, it's unbelievable. You see, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, oh, wretched man that I am. We see his problem. He needs to be freed. And then we see, letter B, Paul's prospect. And in verse 25, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You look at that phrase there, and you look at that, and Paul states here his, where his victory comes from. Church, 
You will not give victory in yourself against the flesh. You cannot and you will not. Victory only comes through Jesus Christ. That's why we could take a lot of time and look at a lot of verses, but the Bible makes it clear that we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We talk about the armor of God that we need to put on, and if uh, any of you have our church app and you haven't looked in the blog section, I just finished this last week all of the armor of God. Every blog is there on the app that you have. And I will go through and you say, I know everything there is. To, I, I'm sure some of you do. But I believe that we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God that we're able to stand in that day. And I think it's a great thing to review and to know. And I think it would be a great thing you could take those little um, blogs that I've done and teach them to your children. Put them out there for them. We need the armor of God. The armor of God is important to our lives because we want to stand. When, and you say, when's the evil day? It is every day of our lives, the battle that we face. And Paul stating here that victory comes from the Lord, and someday there will be complete victory. I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for no more sin. I can't wait for what I know I should be doing, and that's all I ever do. I just can't wait for that. But I also don't believe that Paul was just talking about that day. Because there are small victories that we get every day through the power of the Holy Spirit. It all comes down to who do you yield yourself to? The Spirit or the flesh? And then what Paul's going to do for us is, he's laid a great groundwork for us here. Saying, I can't do this on my own. What do we need? The ministry of the Holy Spirit, which chapter 8 goes deeply into after Paul's prospect, the last thing that we see, and we're closing here, is we see Paul's proposal. He says at the end of verse 25, So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. This is not a declaration of defeat. He's not saying that he's just going to keep wanting to do what's right in his heart and keep doing wrong with his body. What he's saying is he's not given up in the fight. Hey, Christian, there's going to be good days and there's going to be good moments where victory comes and praise God for those moments, but then the very next minute you're going to totally mess it up. It's going to happen. That's the Christian life. And what a lesson that is for us just to keep fighting the fight, not to give up, to put on God's armor. As we look at these verses, they encourage me. Because a guy like Paul, a much better Christian than Brian will ever be, struggled with sin. And if he struggled, I'm definitely going to struggle. But it comes down to the fact, we're going to look at, in the next few weeks, we're going to look at being led by the Spirit. Who do you yield your members to? The flesh? flesh doesn't want to do what's good. The Spirit does. And that's a battle that we all face. Before tonight's over with, I bet you're going to face that battle. Maybe even several times. Kids in the room, your brother or sister is going to want to play with your toy. 
and you have a choice in your flesh. No, that's mine. Or the Spirit says, I can share and be nice. Who wins? We all face that battle. Let's not give up on the fight. Let's keep moving forward. Let's love God. And as we dive deeper into this, we're going to see how important it is, how we need God. And he gave us the one to guide us into all truth and help us, the Holy Spirit. And that's why that verse, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That Holy Spirit's more powerful than the flesh if you let him be in your life. Father, thank you for the time we've had in your word. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for the book of Romans. Thank you for it's working in my life, and I pray that you'd help us live these things. And Father, bless your people. Bless this week. Pray for those that are sick and struggling, that you would just bring them healing fast. I pray that no one else would get sick, and that through all of this, you would be magnified and glorified. Continue to work in this place. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.